And God bless you. Thank you for your worship today. You may be seated this morning. It's so good today to see you uh, here with us. If you are here today, some of you are back today for the first time since, uh, since quarantine and everything that we've been going through. So it's good to see you back today at church. We're so glad that you're here. And uh, if you're watching this morning, maybe you're taking Memorial Day uh, off or you're going to catch up later in the week or you're just, you're just watching from home. We're glad that you're with us today. We know everybody's not quite ready and able to be back yet. So we're glad that you're with us this morning. If you have the YouVersion Bible app, you can open that up. You can go to more in the bottom right-hand corner. You can select events. And from there, you can uh, see the notes and the message points for the message today. You can follow along. You can even save that and have it for later. You can even add your own notes. If you say, well, I'd have said that. Well, you can write it in there. And uh, if you have just a regular old school normal Bible, anybody still carry an old, an old school Bible, not digital, turn to Psalm 91. We're going to look at Psalm 91 this morning and unpack that as we continue today but before we get into that I want to uh, as you're turning I want to make a couple of quick announcements Pastor Josh mentioned it in the opening video that this Wednesday night we're going to have a uh, throwback night of worship a few weeks ago we did a throwback night and we threw it way back we're not going to throw quite as far back this time we're going to throw back to the 90s and we're going to have a 90s night of worship here on Wednesday night anybody remember some good songs like shout to the Lord and uh, Draw Me Close and Ancient of Days and just some songs that maybe we've not done in a while. Well, we're going we're gonna to rock it out for Jesus on Wednesday night here. And here's the best news. You're invited to come. Not just watch online. We're going to be open Wednesday night. You can come. I hope you'll come. I hope we pack it out Wednesday night and, uh, and that uh, we pack it out social distancing. Pack it out while we social distance. I better say that. Or I don't want anybody to come after me. But we pack it out as much as we can. Come. If you're not able to come, it'll be right there on rcog.tv for you to watch. Also, next Sunday's fifth Sunday. That's traditionally Family Worship Sunday. Right now, every Sunday's Family Worship Sunday because we're all in here together. But next week, we're going to have a special day. The youth movement are going to be leading worship. We're going to honor our graduates, and Pastor Josh is going to speak next Sunday, and he's going to speak a message for all the, all the teens and the kids and the adults, everybody. He's going to wrap up the message that him and uh, Miss Bev have been teaching called Mission Possible, and uh, you don't want to miss that, so we're going to have a great time next Sunday. So, we're going to finish up this morning this series we've been in called Terms for the Times. And uh, if you've not been here, hopefully you've been listening at home. We've talked about the new normal. We've talked about the churches left the building. We've talked about essential workers on Mother's Day. Last week we talked about super spreaders. And today we're going to talk about maybe the most popular term of the times that we've heard so much, and that is shelter in place, okay? Anybody had no idea what shelter in place was about 10 weeks ago? That's probably most of us, right? But we've learned about it over the last couple of months. And probably a passage and a verse of scripture that I've seen used more, talked about more, shared on social media more than any other one, is this passage we're going to look at this morning in Psalm 91 that really is a shelter-in-place passage. And so it's only 16 verses. I'm going to read the whole thing, and then we're just going to work through it this morning. We're going to Bible study, really, this morning. We're going to unpack what the psalmist meant. So if you're ready, say, I'm ready. 
All right, here we go. The psalmist says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike a foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for another day we can come together. To worship you. We're thankful, Lord, today that more people are joining us for worship on campus and able to be a part of, of worship in the room. And for those who are listening live today and will listen later this week, we pray that the message today will find good soil, deep root, and a plentiful harvest as it makes its way into our everyday lives. And we thank you and praise you for these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, the single roughest night of my life happened because of a shelter-in-place order. Now, it wasn't during the pandemic, and it wasn't during a hurricane warning or a tornado warning, but it happened because I was pursuing this badge. If you were in Boy Scouts or you know a Boy Scout, you might recognize that as the illustrious, the elusive Wilderness Survival Merit Badge. And uh, my parents put me in Cub Scouts at an early age. I went on through Boy Scouts, and I enjoyed all those years of being in Scouts. And, and uh, so my goal as I kept going through was the obvious goal of a Boy Scout is to be uh, an Eagle Scout. And so to be an Eagle Scout, you have to have 21 of those merit badges. And merit badges are a little tough to come by. It takes a few months to get them. But if you want to fast track them, you go to Boy Scout camp. And in a week, you can grab two or three merit badges in, in one week at Boy Scout camp. So the place was Camp Tuscarora Boy Scout camp. Eastern North Carolina. It was the early 80s. I was about 12 years old. And Eastern North Carolina in the middle of the summer is just like South Georgia in the middle of summer. It's hot. It's humid. It's sticky. It's not a place where you want to be sleeping outside like we were. We, we get to our campsite where everybody stayed, not the wilderness survival site. But we get to our campsite. There's these canvas tents with a dirt floor and two cots. 
And they're like, this is your home from Sunday when we were dropped off to the next Saturday. And so, you know, you get used to that. You use the latrine to take showers and use the restroom. And, you know, you're, you're roughing it, you know, at, at 12 years old. Now, I got to tell you, the Wilderness Survival Badge was before its time. I mean, I bet boys go to Boy Scout camp now and they all sign up for it because Wilderness Survival is now cool. Because we got shows like Survivor Man and Survivor, and we've got uh, Bear Grylls and all these things. And you got shows like Naked and Afraid. Well, I want to tell you something. I was not naked, but I was afraid <laughs> whenever I went after this badge. And, and here's the thing with the badge. You, you went through a few courses for the first part of the week and they taught you you know what to eat what to not to eat out and, and how to build a, a lean-to this is a picture of a lean-to and you'll see it's not a very good one because it is leaning to big time that that piece of wood's about to crack this was probably right before the thing fell apart but but you, you learned all this and then on Thursday night two days before you go home to get the badge the big thing is you have to go out in the woods and you have to spend the night in your own shelter that you've made. Now, I grew up in the country. I grew up playing in the woods. So we built stuff like that all the time. I mean, we built forts and stuff with, in trees and played in the woods all the time. So that was no big deal. So I felt pretty good about building the shelter. And I, I had me a shelter on one side. I had the other side. I built the back and the front. Man, I, I was ready to go. But the other thing they did was they said, bring your canteen, fill it full of water. That's all the water you got. We walked probably three or four miles to get to the middle of nowhere where we set up camp. They gave us a few matches and a hamburger patty and said, that's your supper. And I thought, boy, this is going to be a long night. And it was. It was a long night. Now, that's going to be a rough night period, right? I mean, nobody really signs up for that. But they take us out in the woods, and we're all spread out, the different boys. We're all in our own. We had to make our own shelter, stay in our own place. And, of course, the leaders... They're over here in a real nice tent like this. You know, they're sheltered in place pretty fine. And so, fortunately, I fell asleep, I think, pretty quickly from what I can remember. But I woke up to the sound of other boys around me talking and just, just a lot of, you know, hustle and bustle going on. And then I noticed that I'm hearing raindrops around me. And I'm thinking, oh, no, it's raining. And so it starts to rain, but, but my shelter was pretty good. I only had a few drops coming in. And I hear the boys, and I, I look, at, look out my shelter, and I see the boys are going over there to the leader's tent. And I was like, hey, man, it's raining. We need to go back to the campsite. This is not what we signed up for. Like, no, this is wilderness survival. Get back in your shelter. This is what it's all about. Well, the rain went from just pelting a little bit. It turned into cats and dogs raining, y'all. And I'm telling you, it was, it was pouring. And, and a few minutes later, I hear somebody knocking at my shelter. I guess they didn't knock because it was anything to knock at. But, hey, hey, Les, can I come in there and sleep with you? And some kid who didn't build a good shelter, his shelter fell apart. And I'm like, golly, day, I don't want nobody else in here with me. So come on in here, you know. So he came in there, and it just gets worse. I mean, it, it is pouring rain, y'all. And, and, you know, it's one thing to have pouring rain. You know what pouring rain is in open field. But in the woods, you know, you, you get a canopy, but then the wetter it gets, the wetter it gets, you know, inside the woods. And so it, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And finally, somebody bugs these guys to death to the point to where hours later, they're like, We're, we'll take you back to camp. And so then began the trek of walking two or three miles in the pouring rain, the mud, gathering our stuff, 
and walking. And I was one of the littlest guys in that group. And I remember some big tall guy put me on his back and he carried me all the way back. I guess I was pretty pathetic to, to do that. I don't even remember why that happened. But we get back to the picnic pavilion in the middle of Camp Tuscarora. And they say, go in there and sit down. And we sit down and they say, we're going to figure out what we're going to do. So all the leaders are talking. I can remember looking out at the street lights that are around the camp. You know how when, when it's raining real, you can really tell how hard it's raining if you look up in a street light and it's just pouring. And they, they come back in and they look at us and they say, okay guys, here's the deal. The only way you get this badge and, and what the handbook says, show them the handbook, Jack. The, the handbook says, now that's wilderness, right? I mean, the handbook says if you're going to get this badge, then you got to go back out there. We're going to make you go back out there. And, uh, and so we're a bunch of 12-year-old boys in the 80s. I'd like to think we're a little tougher than 12-year-old boys today. No offense to any 12-year-old boys. But, but nobody was going to say, I, I won't go back out. So all of us, and I'm telling you, I raised my hand and I was, my heart was not in it. But how many of you are willing to go back out to your shelter to get your badge? And I'm like, I want my mama. You know, and I'm like, I can't believe this. So we all raise our hands and they, they look at each other and they go over and they talk a little bit more and they come back and they say, okay, guys. And I guess it was a test. I don't know. They said, all right, guys, since you said you'd be willing to go back out, this is a rough night. It's an awful night. We're not going to make you go back out. You can go back to the campsite. And we were so glad, and I was never so glad to walk into a canvas tent. I mean, I, I could have been walking into Trump Plaza at that point as far as I was concerned. It was a canvas tent with a dirt floor and a cot, and it was, it was so much better than, than, that, than that night being outside. Now, I don't know if you've ever, ever had any experience like that. Some of you, if you've been in the military, you're like, buddy... That ain't nothing. You don't know, Jack, and you're right. And so on Memorial Day weekend, we, we thank you for your service. But, but uh, we've all learned about sheltering in place the last few weeks. We've, we've learned what this term means. We didn't know a few weeks ago that a shelter in place, look at it, asks residents to remain at home and only leave to perform duties deemed essential in an effort to slow transmission and exposure to the virus. And so, you know, we know the whole deal there is that we're to stay at home, we're to shelter, we're to shelter and do homeschool, home church, homework, home shopping, all those things are supposed to be done from home. But here's the thing this morning, not just Psalm 91, but all throughout scripture, you'll find people going through difficult times, bad seasons, tragedies, disappointments, finding that they need to shelter in place in God. In the Psalms, you hear that word shelter used often, over and over and again. And so when we pull up to Psalm 91, Psalm 91 is really like a college class. It's a, it's a 401 level class in how to shelter in place. And so as we look at this this morning, we're going to look at what God's Word tells us that we should do to shelter in place in Him, but more importantly, what God does in response when we shelter in place with Him. All right, are you ready? Say, I'm ready. Here we go. We're going to look at three points this morning. The first point is this. Number one, to shelter in place, you must assume the position. Now, do you ever remember in school when you were learning how to do a tornado drill? 
they'd say assume the position, all right? So you run out into the hallway, you put your back against the cinder block, you put your head between your knees, and you put your hand over your head, you're going to protect yourself from the tornado, right? Everybody remembers that? Some of y'all have done that. Assume the position. Well, if we're going to shelter in place, we've got to assume the position. We've got to adopt the position. We've got to put in place ourselves in a position that God can cover us and surround us for whatever it is we're going through. And the great thing about this, this verse is from the very beginning, the very first word of this verse tells us who can shelter in place in the Lord. Look at this. The first word right there is what? Whoever. So that tells me whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High and rests in the shadow of the Almighty. That tells me whoever. That means the rich or the poor, the educated or the uneducated, the old or the young, regardless of race, creed, your present or your past, anybody can shelter in place in the Lord. That's really good news, and we've only looked at one word. Amen? And that is talking about that we are to be, we're talking about positioning ourselves so those are the people, positional people we'll call them, who have to shelter, who need to shelter in place. Then the psalmist goes on and, and look at this. We'll, we'll get past the first word. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Now what the psalmist is doing, he's talking about a positional place. He's specifically mentioning two places. You see it right there. He's talking about the shelter in the shadow. He says, if we dwell in the shelter and we rest in the shadow. Those are the two things that we can do. The word right there, dwell, in one translation says to live. So we are to live in the shelter of God. The word rest, the message uses the word to sit down. We are to sit down, make a permanent residence in the place of God. And notice something. Whoever dwells in the shadow... I'm sorry, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Whoever does that, the doing of that has got to be intentional. God doesn't just reach down and just pick you up and pluck you down and put you in a place of shelter, a place of rest. We must be intentional in what we do. It's my responsibility and it's your responsibility to set our minds and our spirits, and our attitudes, and our emotions in a place where we can shelter in place in Him. So we've got positional people, we've got positional places, and then we've got a positional profession. Now look at the profession, look, is, look at what is said. So whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And then the writer says three words, say them with me. I will say... One translation says, I will declare. So what he's saying is, the psalmist is saying, I'm stepping up. I want to make an announcement. I want to make a declaration. I declare what precedes these words. He is positioning himself. What he is saying is key. Psalms, I'm sorry, Proverbs 18, 21 says this. The tongue can bring death or life, and those who love to talk will reap its consequences. A lot of times we quote this verse in the uh, context of it's important to realize what I say 
to somebody else and what I say about somebody else. And we should watch our words, and that's true, right? But can I tell you this morning that it is also important to understand what you say to yourself. Self-talk is important. And some of us talk so down to ourselves and so, uh, so down about ourselves that we can't get ourselves back up. But this, the psalmist says, I will say of the Lord, I make a choice. I make a positional profession. So we've talked about positional people, positional places, a positional profession. If you're watching Sesame Street, right now would be a good time to say, the letter of the day is the letter what? P. And as I was studying this, I thought, my goodness, what have you done to yourself? There's no way you're going to say all these P's right, okay? But we're getting through them, okay? So positional people, positional places, a positional profession, and then... The question, what did he state emphatically? He said, I will say of the Lord. So what was the profession that he made? The profession was about a position. Oh, this is so good. He says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my strength. He is my God. I'm going to step up. And part of me sheltering in place, part of me putting myself in that position of the Lord is that I say, in the shelter, in the moment, I'm saying, He is my refuge, He's my fortress, and He's my God. I am making a positional statement, a possessive statement. He's mine. He might be yours. He might be yours. He is yours. He is yours. But I want you to know, the Lord is mine. He is my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God. And then, he's making it real personal, and then he pushes it another step. Positional people, positional places, positional profession, positional possession, and then he finishes this portion with positional positivity. He makes a positive statement. He walks out and says, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and I am positive that I can trust in Him, in whom I trust. I have confidence in Him. I have an expectation and a hope in Him that when I put my trust in Him, it is a sure and a solid foundation. Paul said it like this in Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you and in you and in you will carry it on to what? Help me out. To completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So in order for us to assume the position and adopt the position to shelter in place, we must be positional people in a positional place with a positional profession that is a positional possession with positional positivity y'all say that oh praise the lord i got that out see i told the first service they were guinea pigs you know i just i i I didn't do it that good in the first service so thank you lord that definitely means i'm going to mess up the next point doesn't it so verses 3 through 13 okay so he's he's positioned himself we see where he's at now he moves from talking about The position of sheltering place to talking about the provision. Y'all, this is is incredible because he says, once I put myself in this 
position, then there's going to be some provision that comes. And watch what he says. Verse 3, he says, Surely, when I position myself, he will save you from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence. The first thing there is, he will save you. Now, what is the fowler's snare? Well, a fowler is somebody who, is, who hunts birds. He's, he's, he's after birds. He's got a snare, a trap. And what the psalmist is referring to is that there is an enemy who is out there. There's an enemy out there trying to take out you and me. And he's looking for us and trying to get us. And the psalmist says that when I shelter in place, he will save me. He'll save me from the enemy's traps. When I'm sheltered in place in him, I'm safe from the things that the enemy will do. Now let me ask you all this. Have you ever seen anybody who got outside of the will of God? Of the shelter of God? And the enemy ate them for lunch? Tore them up? Anybody here willing to lift your hand and say, Yeah, Pastor, that was actually me. I've gotten out of the will of God at times. And the Lord, the life, not the Lord, but life wore me out. Because I got out from under the shelter. See, the shelter is a safe place. And he'll save me when I'm under the shelter. Then it says, surely he will save you from the deadly pestilence. Now that's why this verse has been such a, a big verse over the last few months. And people have been using it. Because we've been encountering this deadly pestilence. But can I tell you this morning that a deadly pestilence didn't just show up in 2020. This book is full of plagues and diseases and pestilence from cover to cover. And from cover to cover, you'll see that God's people are saved and protected through all of them. How about uh, the story? We just seem to keep coming back to it over the last few months of, of the Hebrews in Egypt. They are sheltering in place while ten plagues roll over them. The last one was called the what? The Passover, and why did the death angel pass over them? Because the blood of the lamb was spread over their doorpost because they were doing what? They were sheltering in place and the Lord saved them. By the way, we don't really know who wrote this psalm, but some people think Moses did. And I would say, that makes sense. So it says, he will save you from the fowler's snare and the deadly pestilence. Then he says, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. Now, this sounds kind of like an odd description for, for God. I mean, because you don't think about God having feathers. But the psalmist gives this illustration that God, like a hen, would cover her chicks. Or an eagle would cover the eaglets. That God covers us with his feathers and he keeps us safe. Let us, as we shelter in place, we can find a place where we can hide under him for comfort and safety. The message version says it like this. His huge outstretched arms protect you and under them you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. So as we shelter in place under the arms of God, he shelters us, he covers us, and he doesn't just cover us, but what will that hen or that eagle do? That hen or eagle will also knock off anything else that's coming after because you're sheltered in place. So the provision of sheltering in place is he will save you, he will cover you, and then his faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. 
which tells us that he will faithfully shield and protect you. That as I am sheltering in place in him, that literally being in him is like a shield. It's kind of like what I talked about with that story. Those other boys, uh, we, we were in primitive shelters, but those leaders, they were in a nice comfy tent, and they had no idea really the depths of what was going on on the outside. Can I tell you that when we shelter in place in Him and we get inside of Him, there may be things that are rocking the world around us like what we've seen. Somebody help me, come on. Rocking the world around us. But the people of God, in the place of God, in the presence of God, can experience the provision of God. When everything else is shaking around us, we are secure in His presence. He is our shield. He is our rampart. He covers us in those moments. Then, let's see what he says. He says, so so far he'll save you. He'll cover you. His faithfulness will shield you. And then he says, you will not fear. There is the provision that when I back myself into the presence of the Lord and he saves me and he covers me and he's faithful, everybody else is shaking in their boots at Corona or whatever else it might be next month or next year. But the people of God in the presence of God can be in a place where the psalmist says, they say, I will not fear. I'll not fear what? Well, look at the list. He says, the terror of night. The arrow that flies by day, the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Look at what he's saying. He's talking about four different times of the day. He names them. And look look at this next one. He says, night, day, darkness, and midday. Now, there's a reason why the psalmist specifically mentions those four times of day. It's because the Hebrews would mark time in six hours cycles over a 24-hour day. So they would see each six-hour cycle as different. So they would think about this cycle as day, this cycle is is, uh, midday, this cycle is evening, and this cycle is night. So the psalmist is writing to people who don't think about it like we do, just kind of in a 24-hour period. He's writing to them. He said, look, I want you to know something. When you shelter in place in him, he's got your back in the morning when you get up. He's got your back at noon when something comes and hits you and you don't expect it. He's got your back in the evening when something takes place that you didn't know what was coming. And when you get a phone call in the middle of the night at midnight, he is there. You will not fear the terror of night, the error that flies by day, the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that it destroys at midday. It reminds me of this song that we've, we've uh, heard a lot over the last couple of years. This Josh Baldwin song that says, Stand in your love. Look at this verse. Baldwin says, When darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own, When brokenness and pain is all I know. Listen to what he says. He's saying like the psalmist, I'm going to step up and I'm going to make a statement. Oh, I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. And then he says, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I say it. Stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Anybody else heard that song on the radio? Man, what a powerful statement he's saying. My fear. Now, oh my goodness, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Going through all this stuff doesn't make us where we don't have fear. 
or those things don't rise up in us? Anybody had to fight off some fear before? Absolutely. Being in the shelter and knowing the Lord doesn't mean I don't have fear or I don't combat fear, but it means that I understand that my fear, wow, what a, what a beautiful line, doesn't stand a chance when I'm sheltered in place. And then look what he says in the bridge. It gets better. There's a power that can break off every chain. There's a power that can empty out a grave. Boy, I wish I'd written that line. Boy, that's a good line. There's resurrection power that can save. There's power in your name. Power in your name. When you shelter in place, you are never outside of the provision of His protection. 24-7, 365, he's always providing the protection and the rest and the salvation and the peace and the refuge and his faithfulness. Amen? So before we wrap up this last point, this second point rather, I want you to see verse 9. <clears throat> he says, as another form of positional, and, and this is, this goes back to the first point. This is a positional profession. He says, if you say, going back to what we said a while ago, you got to speak this over your life. Is what you say over your life important? You better believe it. If, what you, if you say, the Lord is my refuge. And if you make the most high your dwelling. Now notice what he's doing. Two things are going on there. He is saying it and he's making it. A lot of people say it, but they don't make it. There's two different things. You can show up in church and it can appear like you're saying it. But it's another thing the rest of the week. Oh, I'm somebody. I'm about to. Mm, mm, mm. It's another thing six days out of the week to make it. You can show up on Sunday and say it. But it's another thing every day of your life to make it. And if you don't make it, when the storms come, they will rock and roll your world. If you just say it and you don't make it. But the psalmist said, if, watch what happens. If you say the Lord is my refuge. If you make the most high your dwelling, then, watch this. No harm will overtake you and no disaster will come near your tent. If you say it and you make it, then no harm will overtake you and no disaster will come near your tent. Now, is anybody else like me looking at that screen and you're like, okay, wait a minute. Mm. I was with you the whole time. That's good, man. That's really good, Pastor. But that part right there, is that really in the Bible? Is that, I don't know. Because bad things happen to good people, Right? Okay, I got, I thank you a few people. Do bad things happen to good people? Yeah. Do, does tragedy happen to good people? Do difficulties come? Do Christians get bad doctor's reports? Do believers lose their jobs? Do believers have children who are rebellious? Do we all have problems just like everybody else? The scripture says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So what in the world, I, I, what does it mean when he says, you know, he's been saying this whole time that if I'm sheltered in place, that now he's saying if I shelter in place, no harm will overtake me and no disaster will come near my tent. So what is he, what, how can that be possible? 
We've got to understand the perspective from which the psalmist writes. See, so often as as just our human nature and as believers, our whole thought for ourselves, for me, for my family, for my church, for, for my extended family is safety. I want my family to be safe. I want them to be well. And think about it, y'all. If my family is safe and they're well and they're healthy, that's half the battle, right? I mean, if everybody's safe and well, we're doing pretty good. But we, don't, we live in a fallen world where safety and well often eludes us. Am I right? And so maybe the psalmist isn't necessarily talking about a place where we are, it's impossible for us to get hit with anything. Instead, he is referring to the general providence of God. That when I shelter in place, the promise is that the providence of God, the sovereignty of God, the faithfulness of God, the love of God, the grace of God, whatever it is is coming in on the outside. When I'm sheltered in place on the inside, I am covered in Him. It's going to come. Tragedy is going to come. Sickness is going to come. Disappointment is going to come. I'm going to lose a job. My finances are going to fall through, even if I'm sheltered in place. But it will not rock me like it rocks everybody else because I'm sheltered in place in Him. Whatever happens to us, I must understand that ultimately God is in control of it all and He sees it all. And no matter what may come, because we live in a fallen world, whatever tragedy and disappointment and sickness, if I shelter in place, I have hope that he will be with me through it all. Amen? And see, a lot of times, the other thing, it's not just the safety. It's the physical safety. And it's the the health safety of ourselves. The psalmist is, is also writing from an eternal perspective. Because... Isn't, it isn't just about this tent. I think it was Paul that says at one point that one day we're going to close up this tent. Refers to this physical body as a tent. And this tent will be folded up and it will be put in the ground. But what's more importantly is when that tent is put in the ground. That then no harm will overtake me or no disaster will come near my eternal tent. So maybe in some ways he's talking more eternally than here on earth. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself on this last point. But here we go. The last thing. The psalmist closes out Psalm 91 by acknowledging the promises that follow. Once we've sheltered in place by adopting our position and accepting his provision that we just talked about, then we are set up to acknowledge his promise. Now watch this. Verse 14. We're skipping a few verses because we don't have time to unpack it all. But the very end of the, of the uh, psalm says this. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. I'll, he will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. And I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, if you're really following this morning, you just noticed there was a shift in the tone of this psalm. Because this psalm began with, the psalmist is in the mic. 
And the psalmist has stepped up and he's saying, Whoever dwells in the shadow of the Most High will rest in the shelter of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, the Lord is my strength and my refuge and my God. And after he's finished with everything he has to say in a few minutes, God taps him on the shoulder and says, get out of the way. So the psalmist walks off. Don't miss this. And in verse 13, look who steps to the mic. Mm -mm. God steps to the mic and he says, I got something to say. About this guy who's sheltering in place in me. He said a lot of things about me. He has declared that I am his refuge and I am his fortress and I am his God. And now I have something to say about him. And God steps up to the mic. Look at this in verse 13. And he says this. Because he loves me. And then God unleashes the promises that come. Because we shelter in place in him. Watch this. He says, because he loves me. Jack, if you'll begin some background music. He says, I will rescue him. As he shelters in place in me. I've seen what he said. I've seen what he's done. And God says, when those things come. It's like God is acknowledging what we're talking about, that we are not carefree and we don't live without problems and difficulties. God's saying there are going to be difficulties. If there weren't difficulties, there wouldn't be a need of a rescue, right? So God says they're coming. Even though you're sheltering in place, I will rescue him. And then look what he says. I will what? What's the next one? I will protect him for He acknowledges my name. What 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 happened a while ago? The psalmist said, I will say of the Lord, the Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my refuge. See, what happened a minute ago was the the psalmist was at the mic declaring, the Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my refuge. He is my God. And then God steps to the mic and he says, I will protect him for he acknowledged my name. He stepped up and he said it. So can I tell you this morning that whatever may rock your world, whatever rocks your boat, whatever's coming that you don't expect, stay sheltered in place and in that shelter. Keep saying, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. Something else comes and it gets worse. He is my fortress. He is my refuge. He is my God. And God the Father is over here saying, I will protect him because in the storm he still acknowledged my name. Wow. And then he says, he will call on me. And I will answer him. Anybody have that friend or family member that you call and they never pick up the phone when you call? Why do you have a phone if you don't answer when you call? Some of you looking at your spouse. Hey, that's you. Pastor's preaching to you this morning. But God says this. He says, he, remember, who's at the mic? God the Father. He will call on me and I will answer him. 
See, sometimes we, we get the meaning of that word mixed up a little bit because we think answer is the same thing as grant. So when I call on him and I have a request, he's to, if he doesn't grant my request the way I asked, then he didn't answer. Some folks in here have been serving God long enough to know that's not how it works. See, this is what happens. We take it to mean a grant, but an answer could be a refusal, an explanation, a promise, or a conditional grant. The fact is, is that he answers. And a lot of us, a lot of people are running around seeking a word from God. I need to hear a word from God. But they've not opened up this. God gave us his word and it is full of words from God. So if you are always chasing the next super whooper whopper preacher on TV or in the next town. Or you're trying to just, oh Lord give me a word. Open up your Bible, it's full of words from God. This is the word of God speak, spoken over your life. He will answer you. And, and, and you know, it's funny, sometimes... People are seeking for an answer from God about a specific thing in their life. And you say, well, have you been praying about it? Have you been in the Word? Well, not like I need to be. And they don't come back and talk to me again until you get in the Word and you pray about it. Because maybe the answer is right there. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with every one of you here today. Every time in my life when I have needed an answer, if it wasn't coming, it was my fault. I was not in the Word, I was not in prayer, or I was not fasting. And sometimes it takes me pushing the plate away, and there's the answer. Sometimes it takes cutting the TV off, and there's the answer. Sometimes it takes a, a renewed dedication to prayer and the Word, and boom, there's the answer. This book is not rocket science. We make it way too complicated. It's right there on the screen. If you call, I'll answer. If you need an answer from God about your future, your marriage, your job, whatever it is, get in the Word. The answer's right there. And then look at this. He says, so I will rescue him. I will protect him. I will answer him. And then I, oh man, this is so good. I will be with him in trouble. So God is saying that, watch this. When I shelter in place in him, I am not alone. Did anybody hear what I just said? I do not shelter in place alone. Now, when I was doing that wilderness survival thing for a little while until that other kid wanted to come and get in my, my lean-to, I was alone. I felt alone. It, it was scary. It was a, that was a long night. And we've all been through some times, amen, where we felt alone. But can I remind you, no matter how much the enemy may shake your tent and scream at you and accuse you and run you down and lie to you, Jesus said he is the father of lies and he cannot speak truth because lying is his native language. That's what the devil does. He lies and says we're by ourselves. But the psalmist said he will call on me, I will answer him, and I will be with him. So that means I'm not in this tent by myself. I don't shelter in place alone. Whether I feel it or not, he is with me. And then he says, I will deliver him. Whatever it is that's rocking your life, whatever's coming against you, whatever threats of the enemy, whatever it might be, I will deliver him. And, wow, this is so beautiful. What God, these are the words of God over the psalmist. I won't only deliver him and answer him, I will honor him. 
Why? Because in the difficult times, I stepped to the mic and said, He's my God. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. And God says, when you do that, I will not only deliver you, I'll honor you. God, Mike Shepherd, did you hear what I just said? God, the Father, honors you. God, the Father, honors us. Man, I can't wrap my brain around that. That God, the Father, would honor me. Oh, and then it gets better. Watch this. I will deliver him. I will honor him. And look at this. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life. With long life will I satisfy him. Let's be honest. That's another verse. I got to walk away, Ron. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Lord. I've had some friends. I've had some family members who went way too early. I don't understand that. I don't get that. How, how does that work, God? Did, were, you not, were you not there? What, what was that about, God? No, the psalmist, God is looking at the psalmist, and he's, he's realigning his perspective that it's not just about the earthly tent. See, our whole goal so many times on earth is to be healthy and well and make a lot of money and live to be 75, 80, 85. We made it. Can I tell you God's goal for you and me is not that? His goal for us is to live a life that honors him so he can bring him home with us one day. And if he chooses to take somebody that we love that's important to us before we would say it's time, it is incredibly painful and it is incredibly difficult. And we all have stories like that. Every one of us could walk to the mic this morning and have a story like that. But the long life the, the psalmist is not talking about isn't necessarily about here. It's about there. That God's ultimate goal for us is eternity. And even when we face those tragedies and those unknown things, if we will shelter in place in Him, He's promised all that I won't re-preach it. I've already preached that part of it. And then the last line, With long life I will satisfy Him and show Him my salvation. Watch this. Now, we've had several shifts in the psalm. First of all, the psalmist is speaking about God. God speaks to the psalmist. And then at the end, here's another shift. Because at the word and, the psalmist's life ends. That's where the psalmist dies. And God says, with long life will I satisfy him and... When he dies and he opens his eyes in eternity, I will show him my salvation. And see, everybody in this room, I think, has a profession of faith. You all know when you made a decision for Christ. You can remember at a youth camp or an event or as, a, as an adult or in a hotel room, for my father-in-law or whenever that might be. God showed you his salvation at that moment. I remember for me, I was eight years old on 
candy apple red carpet in a sanctuary in, in North Carolina because that's what kind of carpet we had in the, in the 70s. That's when it would have been. And I knelt at an altar at eight years old and accepted the Lord as my Savior. And the Lord showed me that showed me salvation at eight years old. Showed it to you multiple times, but not like this. Because when I close my eyes in death and I open them, Paul said to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. So those who are in the Lord, when they die, they open their eyes and the Lord shows them his salvation. This is what it was all about. This is eternity. This is my presence. This is me and you forever. Wow, what what a turn in events. Because the psalmist has declared it. He's lived it. He's been protected through it all. God has now spoken over him and says, when it's all done, pal, you're going to open your eyes and you're going to see something like you've never imagined. So, when we acknowledge his promise, when he acknowledges the promise, in response to us adopting that position and accepting the provision, really what it comes down to, this entire psalm is all about us Sheltering in place only in Him. It's really what it all comes down to. Because if we're truthful today, we've all had times in our lives where we sheltered in place in other things than Him. Maybe we were running from God. Maybe it was a substance or something in a bottle or a pill. Maybe it was a person. Maybe it was money or a job or fame or whatever it might be. But this psalm is calling us all to only shelter in place in Him. And if there is anything, hopefully, we've learned over the last 10 weeks, it's this. And on Memorial Day tomorrow, Let's celebrate the good old U.S. of A. Let's eat hamburgers and hot dogs and fly the flag and be thankful. But can I tell you something? We've all learned something. The last, whoever's fault it is, doesn't matter. But we've all learned. Real or not. Hoax or not. Overblown or not. We've all learned something. The found, as great as this country is, things can change like that. We've seen it happen. The greatest economy in the history of our nation. Legs knocked out from under it. And what that says to you and I is this. We better make sure we shelter in place, not under the flag. Boy, that's good. But under the fortress of him. Nations rise and nations fall. But the word of the Lord will last forever. I don't know who needs that. Mm, Thank you, Lord. Things are going to change. But we must stay connected with him because here's the thing at the end. Once this is all over, there's a result and a reward for all of us. Going back to my story a while ago, there was a result and a reward for that that week of sheltering in place or that night with that uh, wilderness survival badge. The result... result was that a couple days later, as I got home, 
I found out I was covered in red bugs. Chiggers, you might call them. I was covered in red bugs because I'd slept out in the woods that night. And I'm telling you, if you never had red bugs, they are, it's like mosquitoes time 10. I mean, I had them everywhere. It was itchy. It was uncomfortable. It was awful. It was terrible. But I got red bugs because I sheltered in place. There was a result. But there was a reward, too. And, and here's a picture of a young kid about 14 years old the day I got my Eagle Scout Award. And there are 21 badges on that sash. Now, I could take all those badges to that I got to, to, to receive that Eagle Scout Award. And for me, there was really only one badge that I was the most proud of. You know which one it was. It was that Wilderness Survival Badge. <laughs> because I earned that one. That was a, an incredible reward to get to that point the day I got my Eagle Scout. But more importantly than all that stuff, because all that stuff right there that, that I got on, it's in a box at home. It's, it's, it's getting old and rusty and faded and messed up. But look, look at this. There's a reward and a result that's coming. Because we shelter in place, the result is I was covered in red bugs. This is a weird connection. But we're covered in him. <laughs> See, when I'm, when I'm sheltering in place in him... I am covered by Him. I am saved by Him. And the reward is ultimately eternal life. It's like what I said last week. Let's not get so focused on the things of, of this life that we miss what we're, what we're heading toward. Amen? Trust if you and Cody will come. We're going to finish up this morning and just have a moment just to shelter in place and be in the presence of the Lord today. And they're, they're going to do this, this new song that the title is Shelter. And it was certainly written from the perspective of Psalm 91. And you guys can go ahead and begin to play. And here's what I want to challenge us to do as we finish up today in response to what God is saying to us this morning. I want you just to take a moment as we finish up this service today. Just, just about five more minutes and we're going to be done. And right there where you're at, if you guys will just dim the lights. And I just want you to take a moment. This is our closing prayer, our altar invitation, whatever you want to call it. And I want to ask you to take a few minutes right now just to shelter in place right where you're at. We've got space because all half the chairs are moved. If you would like to turn around and kneel at your seat or kneel in the floor and make a place of prayer, that is certainly appropriate. But as, as she sings this song, I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would just speak into your heart, reiterating the words of what we've heard this morning from Psalm 91. And may you find a place right now in your spirit to shelter in place in Him. Whatever it is that's coming against your life, whatever it is that's rocking your world, whatever it is that's coming against your tent, may you find His presence and His strength in this moment. Adopt that position. Accept His provision in this moment. As you sit there and pray, acknowledge the promises of God. Trust us, sing this for us today. The arrows fly. 
just pray this morning over your people God thankful today God for every person Lord who's watching online listening right now for those who are in the room this morning Lord may you draw us 
to adopt and assume that position of sheltering in place in you. And Lord, if there's those here today, God, who have, they've made other things more important or someone who's listening today, they've, they have found their shelter and their security in a relationship or in their job or in some other thing in their life other than you, Lord, convict their hearts today. Help them to see how fragile those things are. That, Lord, only you can satisfy them and bring the ultimate peace that they need in their lives today. I pray that over them today. And, Lord, I pray for those who are listening, who are in this room, and, God, who need to be reminded today of the provision that we've talked about today. God, remind people today that they are safe in your presence. That they are covered by your wings. That your faithfulness will shield them. That in the morning and in the midday and in the evening and in the night, that you are with them. That no matter what they may face, that if we say of the Lord that he is our refuge and we make him our shelter, that you are faithful. Today in this place, God, we declare you are my refuge. You are my fortress and you are my God. Will you repeat this after me today? You are my fortress. You are my refuge. You are my God. And as God the Father hears you say that today, He looks over you and me and He says, I will rescue you. I will protect you because you acknowledge my name. You call on me and I'll answer you. I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you. I will honor you. With long life, I will satisfy you and I will show you my salvation. Can we stand all over the place right now and with lifted hands, thank Him for the promises that He has shown us this morning from His Word. God, we're thankful today of everything You've said to us through worship and through the Word today, God. So clearly You speak and you step to the mic today and you remind us that because we love you, you are there. We don't shelter in place alone. You are with us. And God, may your abiding presence, your amazing strength, and your incredible peace cover your people as we shelter in place in you. God, you know every person here. You know every person who's listening and what they need to hear. And God, may they find that and sense that in you today. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. 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 If you're joining us today by live stream, you've been watching from home, thank you so much for joining us today. Those of you who are here in the house today, man, what a great time of worship. What a great crowd today. People are slowly coming back and it's good to see you. So we hope to see you back either here in the room Wednesday night at 7 o'clock for our 90s throwback night of worship or catch us online. So have a great week. Have a great Memorial Day. God bless you. We'll see you next time.